morning and welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Good morning. How are you, Jason? I'm doing wonderful, Bill. It's great to see you as <laughs> always. Uh, we had uh, some fun times before the show. You were telling a story about <laughs> uh, you had a little brain fart. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I, I can share this, but just tells you that sometimes we're, our brains just aren't working or, or we're, we're not in gear. Um, I, I had a lot to do this past weekend, and I, I was real proud of myself, actually, for as much stuff as I got done. I, I was in the office uh, Friday morning, and then uh, our office on Friday closes at 1 o'clock, and my staff really enjoys that, of course, and I do too. Um, but anyway, uh, we as as I've mentioned, we we have a house down the beach, and the and it, uh, the bottom part of the uh, house got flooded, and so um, and it's actually a duplex apartment that 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 part of the house is rented. So we had to completely redo it, and I I uh, purchased some appliances. Uh, for the apartment uh, this past week. In fact, it's it's a pretty cool place. It's called Bailey's Used Appliances out in Wendell. Um, great, uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Bailey's really nice and, and uh, uh, gives really good prices on his appliances. And so I was very f- fortunate to do it. But anyway, I, uh, in, in order to save some money, uh, I, I took my trailer and loaded up those appliances that he sold to me. And um, took them down to the beach, and you know I still have more work to do in terms of cabinets and, and installation and stuff like that. But anyway, long story short, got that done, got the got the yard mode, did some other chores, that sort of thing. And but all that stuff was done on uh, Saturday. Uh, that is my, my chores because I got down there just in time to see the ball games Friday. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so you know priorities. That's right. Uh, and then I got everything done. Came home uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon and and uh, had a lot of stuff to do at home as well. But it, so it it seemed like a long weekend already. Well, I set my alarm clock. Went off at six o'clock. That's my normal time for getting up. And um, Anyway, got my showers, shaved, you know, got basically did everything that I would normally do, and uh, turned on the radio, of course, and there was a weird program on, and it was like, this is not my normal morning program. And then it hit me that I was getting ready to go to work on Sunday morning, <laughs> and I was going, oh my goodness. This is terrible. <laughs> so, well, you caught yourself. Bill. I went That's back to bed, <laughs> slept another couple hours, and then got up and did what I needed to do for Sunday. But it was like, I can't believe that I did that. I mean, but we, I mean, we all make those kind. Of, and I won't say that. I can't imagine that everybody makes that kind of mistake. But it just made me feel silly. <laughs> so, but it just goes to show that we all have our weaknesses, uh, for sure. But uh, so anyway, that was um, a one for the books, to say the least. Certainly had never happened to me before, and hopefully will never happen again. But I it, think you would have figured it out on the drive-in just, when no one else was on the road. With yeah, you. I think I would have, but it just <laughs> sort of blew my mind. I was glad I figured it out before I, 
um, you know, actually got out the door. Yeah, that's a good thing. But, <laughs> so, thank goodness for the radio. That's he, what I said. Exactly. Thank goodness for the radio because that was the, that was what keyed me in. But um, anyway, uh, this morning I, w- I want to talk about good estate planning because I really think that most people who have not had good estate planning done for them and with them don't know really what it's all about. And, and uh, they have a misconception on what good planning should be. Uh, truthfully, uh, uh, most, uh, most folks, I believe, uh, think it's a real simple type of thing, you know, simple documents. Uh, you know, it's, it's just about having a, a simple will or simple trust, no big deal. Um, and so many folks come into our office and they give me a spreadsheet and basically say, these are our assets, uh, draw us up a plan. And it's like, no, 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 it, it doesn't work that way. I mean, certainly what you have is relevant to uh, planning, it, it's, but it's not the key to planning, at least not good planning. Um, uh, it's so much or it should be so much more than that Um, so uh, I'll just ask you you know I love to ask you questions Jason ready for the quiz what do you think if it's not about assets or how much money you make or how much income you have in retirement although all of that's relevant what do you think the key to good planning is I would say, and I could be completely wrong on this, but it's knowing what you want to do with those assets and where you want them to go. You're giving me a face that says, Jason, you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah, Jason, you're going in the wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) See, you're you're just fulfilling the the thing that people think planning is Ah, about, and that is what to do with your assets. And that is part of it, but it's not the key – to good planning. The key to good planning, if you think about it, is your family. And and when I say family, I mean what are your family circumstances? What are your family dynamics? And so let me put it another way. And and you can answer this I think truthfully from your own experience. Because you're married, you have at least one child that's a small child, right? How old is your child now? He's two. Two years old. Very much two years old. Okay, so you're still in the honeymoon stage. (laughs) Is your family situation simple? I'd say so. Oh, come on. Do do you not – I mean – uh, do you have a perfect relationship oh, with no, your wife? Oh, no, it's not perfect. Do you have a perfect relationship with your child? Well, he uh, – Does he... your child do what you want your child to do all oh, the time? No, of course not. <laughs> okay. That doesn't change, Jason. <laughs> you grow the, up. You're ruining the dream, Bill. <laughs> yeah. You're living in a dream, that's for sure. Um, the, the, the point is, is that – Family dynamics can be complicated. Uh, now, there are, I will tell you, there are a few perfect families out there. 
or what seemed to be perfect. And, 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 and you know, I always say that's the Ozzie and Harriet family, you know. But um, it, it, that is really a very rare kind of situation. Um, it, you know, there, there are very few uh, marriages that are perfect, you know, where um, there's not issues, there's not arguments, there's not um, uh, regrets, you know, those kinds of things. And then children can be very tricky, too, in terms of their their own needs. And so uh, one of the big questions is, how do the children get along with each other? You know, uh, not just about how wonderful each child is. I mean, that's the first question. But And you find out very quickly that the children often do have issues because they're not perfect either. Well, none of us are perfect. I mean, that's just the, that's just the way it is. And then when you make a relationship and you have two imperfect people trying to make something together, it becomes even more complicated. And then when you have little ones come up, it gets even more complicated. And then it doesn't get perfect again until you have grandchildren. <laughs> They're perfect, <laughs> but at least for a while. So, uh, but, uh, and that's something that, that uh, I look forward to at some point. I don't have grandchildren at this point. But, um, uh, but the point is, is that life is not so simple for folks. And it's, while income does make a difference, assets make a difference, that's really not the key to, to planning. It is... What are the family dynamics in terms – now, most people come to you with our goal is to – you married couple, take care of each other and then leave something for the, the children or sometimes the grandchildren. Uh, but there are just so many variables in there in terms of it's not just a matter of leaving your property to someone. In other words, I leave everything to my spouse and then equally to my children. Does that work? Not necessarily uh, because, um, you know, you have to think about, well, if I die early, will my spouse remarry? Uh, oftentimes that occurs, even in, a surpri- in surprising fashions. Does that change the dynamics of where your property goes? upon your death. Well, obviously it does. It has a significant impact. And it, it has an impact even if you have what's called a pre-marriage or a prenuptial agreement, which obviously we recommend strongly for uh, those marriages. But a lot of folks don't, don't do that. So, you know, how does it affect your children? How will the distribution to your children affect your children? So it's not about necessarily just what they get, but how they get it and when they get it. And the fact is, you can control that with a good estate plan. But as I've said many times, death is simple, life is difficult, life is complex. And so what about your own life? I mean, um, do do you have, um, and and of course this varies also with, with the assets that you have and the kind of resources that you have to to live your life with, but certainly if you have sufficient resources, do you want to control how you're treated if you become disabled? And of course, you can do that with good planning, um, but most people don't 
do that. Truthfully, most people don't do what I consider to be good planning for themselves or good planning for their children. And so there are just so many issues that go along with that. And then you can put another piece on top of that, and, and that is when do you do planning? You know, when do you get around to it? I mean, because there are an awful lot of families that just um, put it off. And it's sometimes they put it off because uh, there's uh, money involved. You have to pay somebody to help you do the planning. Um, more often than not, it's sort of like, well, we don't need to do planning because we're only 30 years old and, uh, and we don't, um, you know, we're going to live forever. So, you know, why do, you know, we, you know planning is for old people. Uh, not tr- not solely true. Let's put it that way. There's a lot of different times in your life when you should plan, and it has everything to do not with age, but again, family dynamics. In other words, do you need a a, a plan for distributions when you're unmarried and have no children? Well, you may want a, a simple plan, not in terms of what happens at your death, but what happens if you're in an accident? Who's going to be your agent for health care? Young people really do need some documents, even if they're unmarried, because they're over 18 and their parent is no longer their natural legal guardian. And so if you want your parents to be, uh, uh, to be able to make those health care decisions, guess what? You need to have legal documents appointing your your, those parents or someone else to be able to make decisions for you. Now, I, I'm just going on about some of the issues that belong to uh, good planning. So I, I know we have to take a break. So when I come back, I'll, I'll first start with timing. And then what are uh, some of the things that you should consider, truly consider and think about and once you've thought about it and made some good decisions on what you would like to do, then to uh, then to talk to uh, an attorney, a state planner, who can then mold uh, those concerns into a really good plan for you. That's great. Stick around. We'll get to that in just a bit. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Want to remind you, if you want to find more information about Bill, you can go online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. You can also call the office to schedule an appointment with Bill at 919-256-7000. We're having a discussion all about what it means to have good estate planning, some things that people don't understand when it comes to good estate planning, Bill. And just before the break, we were talking about the importance of timing and some good times to take care of your estate planning. Mm -hmm. Well, again, it goes back to when do your circumstances change? Okay, so one time where you may want to have some – and the younger you are, typically the simpler – it is. So you turn 18 years of age, you're now an adult. 
that's a good time to at least have a health care power of attorney where you appoint your parents uh, to be your agent in the event that you can't make health care decisions. Now, obviously, um, we hope that that uh, power of attorney is never used because that would mean that you're, you've been in a serious accident or you've, you're having some kind of surgery where the surgeon puts you to sleep and, you know, they always warn you of the risks. And so it's always good to have a health care agent. Now, when you ha- uh, typically, even for a young person with a, um, when you have a health care power of attorney, you should also have an advanced directive for natural death. Uh, that's only used in hopeless and extraordinarily dire circumstances. Um, but it's a document that's important. And then federal law actually requires you to have a separate medical release. So there are actually three separate legal documents. They're fairly simple. Uh, uh, it's very difficult for anyone to really screw it up as long as an attorney is helping uh, you do those uh, documents. But, okay, you've turned 18. That's all you need for a while, truthfully. Um but, okay, now the next stage of life typically is you get married, <laughs> okay? So that's another time where fairly simple documents. But at this point, you may not want your parents to be the decision makers for health care or for uh, the, the few assets that you might have. So at this point, you might have documents in terms of timing where you appoint your spouse as your primary agent, maybe maybe your parents or one of your parents as an alternate or successor agent, depending on the circumstances of the family. Okay, so what's the next next stage? The next stage comes a few years later when what happens, Jason? I believe a kid is involved. There you go. So you start having children. Well, at that point, it's a good idea for um, parents of young children to uh, have a plan in place where, and if they haven't had documents already, this is the time to do it, to have their own documents for themselves, uh, still uh, um, a a simple initial plan. I leave everything to my spouse. Uh, But what happens if, if both spouses, both parents are taken out tragically and the, the minor children are left to fend for themselves? Well, Typically, uh, the worst—that's the worst-case scenario. But what you know, if you have not created in your will a trust for your children, you haven't thought about who the guardian, the person who's going to take your children in and take care of them as their own uh, guardian of the person, if you will, has to be appointed. And in your will, you can recommend and should recommend who that person or family should be to take your children in. And then who's going to be, and this is not necessarily the same person, but who's going to be in charge of their money? That would be the trustee if you've done it. Now, if you haven't done it, then what's going to happen is there will be a guardian appointed, and the guardian will be in charge of that money, which is a very expensive proposition. in terms of having annual accounts for all the money that comes in and goes out. Typically, it's not a good situation uh, for the families. It's really very difficult um, for the families. Um, 
uh, and unfortunately, it's an expensive proposition, too, in terms of the fees required uh, for the court to oversee it and that sort of thing. A far better situation is for you to create a trust for all your children until the youngest child gets to be of a certain age. And for most of my families, that age is somewhere between 25 and 30 because most of us as parents know that children who turn 18 are not yet mature enough to deal with money. Well, if you have not created a trust for your own children, they get control, all control of their money when they turn 18 years of age. And that, of course, is not a good proposition either. So obviously, when you have start having children, that's another time to plan. Now, truthfully, that planning, if it's done, typically is going to take um, – will unless the family's dynamics change again you know and that could be because of a death of one spouse or a divorce or other issues like that or remarriages or his mine ours you know whatever it is can that's when it gets even more complicated but that's also a time when plans need to change um, <clears throat> and then uh, but those kind of plans typically are going to be more than satisfactory until what time do you think is the next time for the planning stage? I'll say maybe around retirement. There you go. In other words, uh, and of course that retirement age is different for families, but that is a time when you you should be seeking not only financial advice in terms of how do we arrange our finances for retirement, um, and that basically means converting from a liquid income situation to a fixed income situation for a lot of folks. How do, you know, what kind of Social Security elections uh, should I make? When should I make those? Uh, when do I take money out of my retirement accounts that I've put together? Uh, you know, those are financial decisions that also coordinate with your legal decisions. So, in essence, that is a time when you should seek good legal counsel, and hopefully at the same time, you're getting good financial advice as well. And, you know, it's really important that your legal advice, your planning, your legal document planning, and your financial planning marry up. That's – and that, you know – and, and that can be an issue because there are a lot of financial planners out there that think they're estate planners too. And guess what mistake they made? You made the same mistake this morning. What do you think it is? Not considering family dynamics? In other words, most of the time uh, the financial people are saying, oh, we can help you with your estate planning, but what are they doing? They're All they're doing is trying to make sure your finances are arranged for t tax purposes or things like that. And it has very little to do with family dynamics of how do you arrange to take care of your spouse? How do you arrange to take care of your, your children? And, and, and that is not necessarily a simple uh, answer. And so uh, those, um, okay, and, and so we get our advice and do some a, a different planning. Um, when we're nearing retirement. And for some folks, that's going to be in their late 50s. For others, it'll be in their mid-60s. And for others, it'll be closer to 70 years of age. And for some folks, even older than that. So that is a good time. When do you think the next time is? 
Oh, boy. Um, I don't know, Bill. Well, think about family dynamics. What can happen to folks when they're older? Uh, how about the passing of a spouse? That's clearly one, but the more difficult situation, what I've always said, death is easy, life is not. So it could be that you're getting older, and those of us who are older know that our bodies aren't working quite as well as they used to. And for some of us, it gets pretty um, you know, gets bad. And so you can have long-term care issues, you can, which are big. You know, I talk about that all the time. And there are many things that you can do in terms of changing strategies to protect your assets while you're alive. If you do have a long-term care crisis, that's a time where you need to see an elder law planner uh, who can switch things around uh, much more advantageously for you. Uh, It's also a time where a sweetheart plan is generally not appropriate. And in other words, you you may not want to leave all of your property to your spouse who's not doing well physically or mentally. Uh, It may, uh, and so for a lot of older uh, folks, what I call a modified sweetheart plan is far more appropriate. And that's where you're creating a protected asset protected trust for your spouse and typically appointing one of your children to be the trustee to make sure your spouse is taken care of uh, upon your death. And of course, the other thing that's really important about planning is that how you own your property is a key ingredient to making a plan work. And that's, I know I have to take another break, but that's something I want to talk about when we come back and how, how you own your property is, is typically uh, the key to the engine to make it work. We will go over that right after this break. I want to remind you, if you've hit one of these milestones and you're looking to get some help with good estate planning, you might want to get a hold of Bill. You can schedule an appointment to speak with him at 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000, or go online to wgalaw.com. A quick break and back and more with Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're talking all about what makes great estate planning. And Bill, just before the break, we were talking about the importance of how you title your property. Exactly. Um, And I cannot tell you how many folks have done pretty good planning only to have it messed up by not titling their property so that their plan can work. And some people have paid a lot of money for a sophisticated estate plan that won't work. Now, and and in fact, it's probably the biggest mistake I've seen attorneys make or families make uh, with attorneys uh, as it relates to titling property. And uh, here's here's the problem. Um, let's say you are 
you want a good estate plan, one that gives your spouse asset protection, one gives the, your children asset protection, or let's say you need some income tax planning or estate tax planning in your planning documents. And so you've, you've created a plan that does all that. Um, well, the bottom line is if the attorney doesn't help you change how you own your property or you don't change how you own your property, your good plan will not work. And that's the problem because everybody's out there in terms of your banker and your uh, financial advisor who is actually helping you change how you own your property but not consistently with your estate plan. In other words, what they're doing is basically messing up your planning by allowing you to do what's called a TOD or a POD, pay on death, transfer on death, uh, so that the property doesn't go to your trust or uh, whatever plan you've made. But so why does it why is changing how you own your property important? Partic- well, for a married couple, and I'll ask you this, uh, Jason, and this we're getting personal here. How do you own your house? You own a house, don't you? We do. Uh, I'm sure you have a mortgage. Yep. All right, but how do you own it? Uh, it's owned jointly between uh, me and my in wife. In other words, the deed says it goes to you and your wife. Correct. Okay. So in North Carolina, uh, if you die tomorrow, who owns the house? My wife. And if she dies tomorrow, who owns the house? Me. Now, is that's correct, but is that because your will says that, or is it because the deed says that? That would be because the deed says that. That's exactly right. Now, I bet that y'all have a bank account at a bank. Yes. And is it a joint account? It is. All right, and that's true for most married folks. So if you die tomorrow, who gets the bank account? It would go to her. And if she dies tomorrow, who gets the bank account? Goes to me. Now, is that because your will says that, or is it because the bank contract says that? Uh, because the bank contract says that. All right. Next question. Now, do, uh, I'm going to just assume that you have an investment account where you have some mutual funds and things like that, some savings, if you will. And so is that held jointly as well? Uh, I don't believe so. I believe that well, like retirement account. Okay, I'll say that's that. a different asset. I'm okay. talking about where you've just taken and have investments and in mutual funds. Yes, that and are, that would be jointly. Okay, and so who gets that account when you die? That would go to my wife. Uh, and so is that because of your will, or is it because of your account strategy, or who owns the account? That would be the account strategy. Right. In other words, it's joint with right of survivorship. Um, and so the survivor gets it no matter what your plan says, all right? So next one is your retirement account, which you just mentioned, and, of course, that's separately owned. But does your retirement account go by what your will says? No. What's it go by? The beneficiary designation. That's exactly right. So you're astute. You know this. Now, How? okay, so the retirement account, what about your life insurance? Uh, same thing, right? Beneficiary yeah. designation. Again, so your will has nothing to do with it. If you have an annuity, and I'm not sure if you do or not, who gets that? Um, I would say same thing. Beneficiary, Beneficiary. designation. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So if your real estate goes to the survivor by deed, your bank account goes by the contract at the bank, the investment account goes by the contract at the uh, investment advisor's, 
your retirement account goes by beneficiary, your life insurance goes by beneficiary, your annuity goes by beneficiary, what is left for your will or your trust to control? My stuff. That's it. That's the whole point. And you don't do a will or a, especially a trust where your trust doesn't control your assets. So the bottom line is if you don't change how you own things, your trust or your will won't work. And that's a very important planning uh, situation that most families get wrong. Now, it, and, and so you may say, well, I want my spouse to get everything, or I want my children to share everything. But the question is, how do you want them to get it? Um, and so, for instance, are you worried about, uh, or is it a concern of yours to make sure that your children actually inherit the property that you've worked hard over your lifetime uh, to earn and save? Uh, or uh, do you not care if it goes to the next interloper that mar- marries your spouse um, and your children don't get anything? Well, all of us who've been out in the world for, for a good many years knows that that happens all the time. And it's preventable because you can have a an estate plan that works to take care of your your uh, spouse, but also protects your children's inheritance so that the next, you know, if your spouse remarries, then it's really not an issue. Um, so, um, again, uh, title to your property is a key factor. And I cannot tell you how many folks uh, bring their trust in to me to review. Sometimes it's because they moved from other states, and sometimes it's simply because they had a trust done uh, 20 years ago, and they just want to make sure that, you know, they're doing the right thing to have it reviewed. Uh, And one of the first questions I tend to ask is, well, what property has been transferred into the trust? And oftentimes the folks just look at me blankly like, what are you talking about? We, you know, we haven't done any of that. And it's like, well, you know this trust isn't going to work. Uh, and, and the worst possible uh, situation is to have a trust, and then your will actually puts everything in your trust, so you haven't saved anything. You're, you're still going through probate. Uh, and then you have a, a double whammy, because then you have trust administration on top of a probate administration, and that's even more expensive for a family and a very poor result. So... How do you resolve that? You have to transfer your property to yourself as trustee. So that situation is such an important one. And so I, I want to emphasize that to folks. That uh, you, And you have to be careful even when you just have a will uh, that you oftentimes need to change your – if you've created some kind of protective trust for your spouse and your children – you need to change your beneficiary designation so that that property doesn't go directly to your spouse. It goes to a trustee for your spouse and then to your children. So again, how you title property is super important. What your beneficiary designations look like. Now, and again, this is why your financial planning has to marry your legal planning uh, because your 
beneficiary designations are not legal documents. Those are financial documents. And so, uh, and whether you have a contract at the bank or at your brokerage house, are again, those are financial documents, but they have to be right to make your planning work. And your planning can be so much. So, uh, anyway, I know we have to take another break, but when we come back, I want to then now talk about, okay, now, uh, how do we get what we want in our planning? What are the things that we need to think about and do for our plans? And we we will address that, and I want to remind everyone, uh, as we've discussed in this segment, even a great estate plan can be ruined by a, a small and common mistake of not having things titled correctly. If you want a trusted person to look over that for you, get a hold of Bill. Schedule an appointment with him, 919-256-7000, 919 919- Two five six seven thousand, or go online to wgalaw.com. Back with more asset protection today with attorney Bill Alexander. After this, you're listening to News Radio six eighty WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday morning. We're talking all about the elements of good estate planning. We've talked about timing. We've talked about uh, Bill family dynamics. And uh, I guess it comes full circle because family is just so important when it comes to having a good estate plan. Absolutely. So, okay, we've talked, as you said, we've talked about timing of planning. We've talked about titling your property to make your plan work. Uh, But, okay, what are the family dynamics? What are the things that we need to be thinking about in terms of how to arrange a plan? Because, uh, as I've said so often, it's not about just who gets it when you die. It's about uh, how do we take care of ourselves during our lifetime, who makes decisions for us when we can't make those decisions. Uh, It's uh, what kind of independence and control of my assets because I don't know anybody that doesn't want to maintain control and uh, of their assets and maintain their own independence just as long as they possibly can for both things. So uh, the first thing you start with is what are your goals? I mean that's really where you start with all your planning is is what's important about Uh, What I'm trying to do for myself, what am I trying to do for my spouse, what am I trying to do for my children and grandchildren? So what are your goals? I mean, a typical goal is let's take care of each other, you know, take care of the spouse. And and then how do we how do we distribute to our children? And in a simple form, it's okay. We just want our children to enjoy what we leave them uh, equally. And, And for some folks, that's really not what they want. Uh, not an equal distribution necessarily, and that's okay too. But it's like, okay, um, do you have a concern uh, about how I'm taken care of? In other words, yes, you can appoint somebody under a power of attorney to be able to spend your property, spend your money to take care of you if you get sick, even with a long-term care issue. Oftentimes that's your spouse. 
Uh, sometimes it's a child. Uh, sometimes it's somebody else. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that a power of attorney does not instruct anybody on how to spend your money. It simply gives them the authority to spend your money. Now, if, if you're creating a trust, uh, and most trusts don't have this, but they should, and that's a disability plan. In other words, if I become disabled, I want you to spend my money this way. In other words, if you can afford it, if you have sufficient resources, why would you not say, I want to stay independent. I want you to hire people to take care of me at home. Do not put me in a nursing home. Do not put me in an assisted living home. I have sufficient resources to where you can pay for 24-7 care. Now, you might inherit less, but I'm directing you to uh, spend my money to so that my life is uh, as independent and enjoyable as it possibly can. I mean, anybody who thinks the care in a nursing home is wonderful hasn't been to a nursing home. I mean, it really is simply not a good situation. Uh, now, it's necessary at times where there's really no other alternative for families to keep you safe. And you also have to understand that most families do not have the resources to uh, hire somebody to take care of you 24-7, one-on-one. Uh, but but you, if you do have the resources, then having a disability plan in place where you are actually directing how your money is spent to take care of you and your spouse is really important. The next issue, which is important to many folks, is are you worried if you should die whether your spouse will remarry and someone else end up taking the property rather than your children? It's called remarriage protection. Well, again, in a trust, you can do a modified sweetheart plan where you basically leave assets to your spouse in trust. Sometimes you even appoint one of your children as a trustee or co-trustee to take care, make sure that the spouse is taken care of, and also to make sure that the children end up with the property. Then the next stage is how... You know, what are the issues with your children? Not their marriage necessarily, that's another issue, but with them because some, many children have their own personal issues. They sometimes have mental health issues, sometimes they have drug, alcohol, gambling, or a very common one is a spendthrift problem, you know, where they just don't know how to manage money. Uh, and they spend too much of it, they're in debt, or sometimes their spouse is the spender and they don't have control over what their spouse does and the debt that's created and those kind of things. So you can protect your children by creating a lifetime trust uh, which protects them from a divorce, which protects them, which protects their inheritance. Uh, in the event of their death, the, the trust not does not go to the spouse. Normally, it would go to the, uh, the grandchildren. And you can make that happen with good planning. Now, I realize there's a whole lot of other things we could talk about, but those are just some basic things that folks should think about when they're doing their planning so that they end up with good planning. 
Yeah, that is key. And as you said, the financial side kind of ignores a lot of those important dynamics. That's why it's important to have someone who really understands the whole landscape of this. And Bill's a guy who knows that. WGALaw.com is the website if you want to get a hold of him, or you can call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. More of Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander right after this. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Bill, we're just about out of time here, but do you have any parting words? Sure. Well, the last thing about good planning is that uh, it's about taking care of yourself and taking care of your family during your lifetime and after your death. And you have lots of ways to do that, and, but you have to have good planning. If you don't have good planning, they just get the money and they go through it and it's done. But you can make a difference by having good planning. Yeah. And having what you want to happen is key to that. Again, online at WGALaw.com. That's how you can get a hold of Bill or you can schedule an appointment by calling 919-256-7000. If you want to find more of these nuggets of wisdom that Bill has, you can search for his podcast as well. It's the Asset Protection Today podcast available wherever you listen to your podcast. It's uh, it's just about everywhere. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you can find it there. It's the Asset Protection Today podcast. We're out of time for today, but I hope you join us next Saturday at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful weekend.